welcome back. Episode 119 of the Ranting Rangers podcast in partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and I'm alongside my co-host, Brett. Brett, how's it going? So good. I mean, man, been forever since we had a Chesty shutout, um, and I'm just over the moon about it. I mean, not just that he gets a shutout, but obviously I think uh, every fan can relate to how badly we wanted this for him. Uh, obviously, he's had a, a rough year. Um but it wasn't just like he got a shutout and defense played, you know, really well, and and you know he kind of coasted to to not giving up a goal like happens with some, you know, happens in the NHL all the time. A guy gets a shutout and didn't really do all that much. Um, he looked like his old self. He looked poised. He looked quick. Um, and he was even flashing his glove hand, which has been his big sore spot, you know. Um, so just a a fantastic game uh, to watch, uh, just to see Chesty playing so well. So I'm just just beaming with pride right now. It feels like my little boy out there. Yeah, because this team goes nowhere without him at his best. Yeah. So it's like you're hoping soon that he finally – I mean, look, it's it's one game, but, man, he looked calm. He looked – I mean, everything uh, else that you said, he really looked like the Shesterkin of old. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, no, hopefully he keeps this up. Honestly, this, this whole goalie controversy, I never really – there was no real goalie controversy because – you're not winning the cup with quick. It was just a matter of the controversy of how long do you want to keep quick in the net, maybe ride the hot hand or get your Sturkin back to form sooner rather than later. Yep. Uh, that, that I could understand, but this whole goalie controversy uh, controversy makes zero, zero sense. Um, and yeah, the glove, I mean, man, he was flashing it tonight and that's been, it's like, because before the season, that was like his strength. And then this year it was his, like number one weakness. I mean, we spoke to uh, Kevin Woodley like what a month ago and it was just like the glove hand was really, really bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's been his weak, that's been his weak spot for sure. Um, and, um, and yeah, it was, it was actually a highlight tonight. He made several saves with his glove hand. It looked really strong. Um, so, you know, I, and that's the thing, like, uh, I, I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago, but, um, we were talking about what Valley said about uh, how quick should get the starts right now um, and that whole thing. And it, it's like, yeah, I, I, I don't know, you know, cause we're not there with these guys seeing what they, what their where their heads are at. But I'm like, if, if that's what, um, that's what Valley is saying, I trust that's what Benny is saying. If he's saying that's what needs to be uh, happening, then I was like, yeah, I got to trust the process. And to me, a win like this is perfectly endemic of, trusting these people that know it and, you know if we had a shit goalie coach and shit analysts you know i might be more inclined to be like well what the fuck do they know but they know more than me right because uh, it doesn't seem like shesterkin like really responds to outside noise it's just either he's good on his own or bad on his own it doesn't really feel like you could impact it with pressure on his security of his number one uh spot it just always feels like he's got to be good he's got to be bad he'll figure it out with ben Waller. it doesn't really feel like the security of number one goaltending would plain to effect but you know hey it works yeah absolutely no it's just it's, it's phenomenal to see it happen and um i assume he got the broadway hat glad he got the first star glad he got the shutout um but even if he had let it let in a goal it wouldn't have really changed how i felt about tonight's game and his performance um <clears throat> just because again it was how he looked the whole game like he said poised that's exactly the way he looked it, it looked like he, he he got his groove back and that's why I didn't doubt him at any point. Um, and I think, honestly, 
you know, I, I get being a diehard fan of anything, it's easy to kind of overreact to trends because you're watching them on such a granular level every game, game in and game out. And you start getting frustrated when you see players not playing as well as you know they can. Uh, but honestly, there, there's no reason to ever question a guy like Shesterkin, especially at this point in his career. Uh, I was saying earlier tonight that, you know, if he was 34 years old and playing like that, you go, ah, maybe he's cooked, but he's not. He, this is He's still in the prime of his career, so he had a rough patch. I fully trusted he was going to get it together. Um, and not saying this game means he's gotten it fully together, but it was just – it was the kind of performance, it was the way he looked out there that just instills that confidence that, like, this is still Igor motherfucking Chesterkin. He's the fucking czar, and he's here, and if this team is going to win a Stanley Cup, it's going to be because of him. Um, and this is a kind of performance that helps silence those critics, helps silence the people that were commenting on Vincent Ricagliano's, uh, uh post earlier today saying that Shesty was in net. They're like, oh, it's a loss. Oh, why? It should be quick. It's like exactly what you said. Quick is not – I mean, he, Quick is a great backup goalie. He's played phenomenal. But Quick is not the guy at his age that you're going to ride through four seven-game series to take you to a cup. It's not going to happen. You need Shesterkin in peak form. Um, this team especially needs Shesterkin in peak form because we still are not scoring enough goals. Um, but tonight was an interesting wrinkle that we didn't score enough goals, but it wasn't for a lack of effort or chances created. No. Um, and so that, offense yeah, really came tonight. Like, I mean, they yeah. were – when was the last time we seen this team play this fast? I mean, yeah. fast and the Rangers don't seem like two things you say together, but – they really did tonight. Oh, we're all over the ice. All over I mean, the ice. My, I mean, like Markstrom's, it's the usual other goalie plays like Hashik. I mean, I'm not, obviously, we, we've we well established we're not fans of Wheeler. But I mean, like, even that one, like, that wasn't even his fault. Like, he elevated it. He did everything. And Markstrom just gorgeous glove save. Uh, Lafreniere, I mean, goalies either take his shots personally. I don't know what it is. But, man, he he he's just doesn't seem to be able to just have that finishing touch. Uh, but uh, it, it always seems like every single game, he's like just on the edge of breaking out. And it's just like, he keeps on like uh, not being able to put it in the net, but I don't know. Well, well uh, I mean, look, he had, he had goals, but I'm saying, I mean, like he's not lacking in goals the past few games, but it's like, there are yeah. so many chances he could have so much more. Yeah. And it's just like, man, like he works on his shot in the summer, like he worked on his skating last one. Yeah. I mean, that's that's gonna be huge. That would be, that's gonna be huge. Oh, I, I still more and more every game when I see how he's playing, I am more and more confident that he is going to be a a, a very prized uh, and goal scoring player for our team. Um, this year has been great for him. Uh, and while, yeah, he's not absolutely racking up the points, he's contributing so much more and at a way higher level where any confidence uh, that was shaken in him at the beginning of the season is just completely erased. I've, I'm back to having very, very high hopes for what he's going to be able to consistently produce and add to this lineup going forward into the future. And also, I think he's a prime candidate to go on a tear in a playoff run, too, to, to like, you know, hit that next little level, like, He's he's like he's right there, like he's right at the doorstep, right. Right now, peeking his way in every now and again, you know. Uh, but consistently showing up to that front of the door, and like I'm just waiting for that moment where he's like, "Wait a second, I can just take over this fucking game and just start scoring goals at will." Um, 
I'm back to feeling like that is within the realm of possibility for him just based off of the kind of consistency we've seen in creating chances and getting to those places all year. Um, and he, he's going to start getting more rewarded for it because it's funny to call a guy snake bitten as he's had like three goals in the last like five games or whatever, you know, it's like right. not completely snake bitten, but yet he still is because he's getting so many chances um, and not quite closing the deal. Um, so yeah, um, I'm, I'm very hyped on him, but uh, you know, as, as good as that line has been, as good as they've been, um, you know, the story for this game for me really, and, and recently has been that third line. Well, speaking of future playoff contributors, Will Cooley is a 16-game uh, player in the making. Absolutely. I mean, man, that that Cooley and that Kako chemistry, I mean, listen, I'm not going to not take anything for Brodzitski because, uh, man, he has come in from Hartford and he's just run with it. Uh, obviously, ideally, they're going to upgrade at 3C, but having him in 4C or in the fourth line, that's just going to make them that much more dangerous. Yep. But man, imagine this team if Cooley, if they decided, because uh, if you remember in the preseason, there was that day everyone was wondering, are they going to send Cooley down or are they going to give him a shot in the big leagues because he proved yeah. himself? What would have happened if they said, yeah, let's send him down? Oh, God, what a mistake that would have been because he's so ready. He was obviously so ready. And but it, it really seemed like it was a big question. It wasn't like, yeah, technically speaking, they could have sent it down because it really seemed like that day everyone was wondering, are they are they going to give him the shot? Yeah. And I think, you know, as I recall, I feel like most people thought if somebody is making the jump, it's going to be him this year just because of, like, how he played, where he's at, had a great year last year in Hartford, uh, the kind of game he plays to, which was exactly what he was billed as, which was, you know, like a hard-nosed player, finishes checks, you know, good skater, physical guy, good body, nice size. Um, but I think what was undervalued, and, and it's funny because when he first, when we first picked him up, um, and I, I was looking at some of his like prospect reports, it talked about like what a good shot he had, and he had a good offensive mindset, and went to the net, and and seemed like he'd be a scorer. And then the Rangers reporting around him after that all seemed to push him, you know, not from being like a third line guy to being like a fourth line grinder. And I was like, wait, what happened? I thought he was supposed to be somebody that could like chip in offensively that like had a nose for the net. That was what he was built as a prospect, but as a Rangers, you know, uh, you, you know, well, they, they turn, they try to turn every prospect into a third line grinder, you know, yeah, exactly. They learn cups. Yeah. It's all about the grit. Exactly. So uh, it's been so nice to see that part of his game is actually still here at this level that like, no, this is a guy that can chip in offensively. Um, and as we were talking about earlier that he's uh probably been one of, if not the most consistent players all year this year. Like almost everyone else, uh, I put Vinny Trocek right at that level too. Of Everyone else has kind of been up and down, had some bad streaks, some great games, that sort of thing. I'd say but, Lafreniere playing-wise has been consistent. It's just that finishing abilities. Right, sure, sure. Although there were a couple stretches too where, yeah, I mean, but overall, yes. But I think Cooley's been even more consistent because I think there's been games where the Rangers have played bad as a team. Where he's just stood out. And especially that top six has looked invisible and looked lackluster and either like they're tired or disinterested, you know, in this bad stretch, there were a lot of games like that where it was a top six wasn't there, but the guy that never took a night off um, and never took a shift off to my eyes was Will Cooley. He was out there, even in a game where this game is over, you know, um, he was out there working hard, doing the things that you're supposed to do. 
And you're right. He's a 16-game player. He's exactly the kind of guy you want in the playoffs. He's the kind of guy that's going to make it so difficult for the other team um, to feel confident um, in, in setting up in their zone because uh, he's a little menace out there, and he just works so hard. He does that. You know, like I always talk about that so much of in, in hockey, the difference between winning and losing is all these cumulative tiny little half step. Are you going to get that extra burst of speed at that last half second to get to that loose puck? Are you going to get that one more chip on that puck on the boards to get it over those tiny little, you know, 2% extra effort things that become so much more, uh, so much bigger in the playoffs. Will Cooley does that. And he does that even in a blowout regular season game. So I trust he's going to do that in an everything matters playoff game. Yeah. That, that blend of grit and skill it's yeah. something the Rangers lacked. I mean, look at last year, like it was all perimeter. This year, right. I mean, Panarin has changed the way he's played, and that's not normal for a person, player of his age. That's not, that's an anomaly. That's, you know, um, Mika obviously still has a lot of work cut out for him. I mean, I, I don't remember, I, I believe it was Rob Luker. I'm not sure who it is. And I apologize for the lack of um, credit, but I, I remember seeing something regarding the amount of shots Sabanjad has taken uh, in the middle of the ice, and it was, it was so bad. It was just next level. We're like, this isn't even like third one stats. It yeah. was, yeah. And I, I thought maybe after his overtime game winning goal, like maybe that'll help him uh, break through. Um, but either that right winger that they acquire in the trade deadline will fix it, or they're going to have to change lines. Uh, but I think we could talk all day about how they could split the lines up or, what could get him going. But at the end of the day, nothing's going to happen until they get that acquisition. Cause I'd assume that their whole mindset right now, besides the centers to get that winger for him. Um, and especially now seeing the chemistry with Cooley and Kako, I doubt that that seems like a nice third line with that toughness and that skill uh, that makes that's definitely um, a playoff line you want. And I, I mean, listen, they also have Trocek that's sandpaper type play. If they get like another sandpaper type player, maybe as a right winger or whatever it is, um, they're really cooking. Uh, it's no longer going to be a perimeter game. It's it's going to be crashing the net. I mean, look at look at Cooley's goal. Like, how many players once Kako shot that? Are like, all right, I guess the goalie covered it. You know, like it, we we like I could barely see that. On and I know yeah. they're on the ice, so it's 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 a much better angle. But it's just like you couldn't really see the puck, and Cooley no, on hammering at it. He, did, he didn't give up on it. That's, that's a perfect example of like that extra 2% effort um, that you need is like he didn't give up on the play. He's like, no, fuck that. I'm going to keep jamming away at this and get that goal, which ends up being really the game-winning goal, uh, the only real goal of the game. Um, yeah, it's that extra effort stuff. That's, How many game-winning goals does Cooley have this year? God, I feel like every, every goal he had has been a game-winning yeah. goal. <laughs> Like it's not just that he chips in; it's that he chips in in clutch times, and and so like they like not to that extent, but VC also like when you yeah. have players like Jimmy VC and Will Cooley, and I'm not comparing the two, but the point is when you have those type of players in your bottom six, that's what Stanley Cup winning teams have: those clutch yeah. players that have that are good defensively and can chip in offensively, and they're not like just pure grit guys; they have some skill. And uh, yeah, hold on, let's see game. Yeah. While you're, while you're looking that up, yeah, it's like, you know, the perfect thing with, uh, with us is we get, we get an upgraded winger so we can get Blake Wheeler out of the lineup. We push Brodzinski to the fourth line and upgrade the third line with a uh, center that, you know, has more skill. 
boy, this roster starts looking a lot deeper and these lineups start looking a lot more like real competitors. And then if you add in Igor's, Igor is actually going to be, uh, you know, playing at his high level. And then maybe all just Mika starts playing like a top 30 center. And, <laughs> and boy, would that be, would that be cooking with some gas? I mean, for real, that could be really special. Um, yeah, my like if like I uh, going after last year when they lost to the Devils, like my two concerns were I thought Panarin, I, I didn't imagine to this level, but I thought Panarin would figure it out where he'd um figure it out to be not physical, but be able to not just be in the perimeter, be able to uh cut to the middle of the ice, be fine with a little uh body checking and toughness. But Mika was the one thing that I'm still like, that's the one concern I have that. I mean, like Shosturkin, right? Like we saw, he's got to come back to form. Panarin, he's proved, or not in the playoffs yet, but he's proved that he's changed his game where it's a bit more, not sandpaper, but not necessarily the perimeter game anymore. Mika, yeah, that's no, still. He's, he's kind of the center ice and he's shooting more, and that's massively helpful. So, yeah, I trust that Panarin will be a much more effective player in the playoffs with the game that he's cultivated this year than he was in years past. Yeah, like what you can't pull off the perimeter game in the playoffs. They 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 cover up the whole middle of the ice. You have to mm -hmm. break through that middle of the ice, yeah. uh, and you got to have to get physical. And yeah. I mean, yeah, Mika is the concern. Panarin carried the puck in the zone, and even though he could have just posted up in the perimeter, he's like, no, I'm going to skate directly into the defense. Right, he went directly in between. Yeah, create some space and got a shot off. You know, it's like he uses the defenseman as a screen and. Yep. Yep. And it was exactly the kind of thing you would never see him do last year. And it's the kind of thing that we need to see him in the, uh, do in the playoffs. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And honestly, I'm not even trying to be that down on Mika. I mean, he's been not the guy we wanted to be. Obviously, that top line, uh, you know, has been very lackluster in offensive production. Uh, but Mika is a guy, too, that, like, I know what he can do. I, I've seen it. And I, he's not washed. Uh, and – Frankly, I think we are due for a late-season Mika surge where we all go, oh, that's why we all love Mika Zibanejad, because he does that. Um, and I think he's kind of gotten away. You know, it's almost like when you were saying earlier about how Fox sometimes might play um, a little bit too much like he's the smartest guy on the ice instead of, you know, just kind of doing the thing. He is, but he uh, gets cocky. He gets cocky. And I feel like Mika has, like, relegated himself to, like, these are the two things that I do in a hockey game. Uh, when his game was a lot more dynamic before, um, he's not just the guy that's going to, you know, do his his piss missile on the play, you know, in the in the power play and call it a night. Uh, you know, when he was scoring goals in bunches before, it's like no, he was making his own chances, he was bearing chances, he was making really nice moves, deking goals out of the jock, nice shots, great backhands. Um, I know that's still in his repertoire and in his game, so it's like you know what. Do I really care if Mika Zibanejad doesn't do anything all that impressive in December, January, and February? No, I don't care. I really don't. We're still first in the in the Metro. Um, we're one win behind uh, uh, behind Boston um, in the East. It's like you know, like we're still a top tier team. I don't care if Mika is not going to be lighting it up right now. I do care. If in April and May he's not lighting it up, 
then I might have a few more words for him that I'm not really willing to say right now that a lot of people have already said about him. Like I said, I get it. I get why people are disappointed and saying, what the fuck? We're paying this money for him. You're in a first-line center. Why aren't you producing more? Um, I know it's just like with Chesty. I know it's in him. And I still trust that when it counts, he'll be there. Yeah, by the way, uh, so actually I was shocked. He he only has two game-winning goals. But I, I'm wondering, like I was trying to looking up, how many game-tying goals does he have? Ah, uh, okay. Big uh, goal. I mean, I, I think the, the the thing with that is, yeah, maybe not game-winning, but like clutch goals, goals that really matter. Yeah. Um, not piling on scoring the fifth goal when a game was already 4-1 in the third. He's not scoring goals. No. He is not scoring goals like that. He's scoring pivotal, meaningful goals. Right. Yeah, and then that, that's uh, clutch to have in the uh, uh, in the playoffs to have out of your bottom six. Uh, yep. Going on to the next thing. Uh, originally, uh, I don't remember exactly, but I believe it was earlier last week, Darren Drager said on TSN that James Dolan wanted to protect a 2024 first-round pick so that the Rangers can be part of the spotlight at the sphere uh, during the draft. And they also, side thing is, they also apparently made an offer to Elias Lindholm um, but then Larry came out with um, in his article and said uh, there has been no edict delivery from Chairman Dolan to Drury not to trade the pick because the draft is going to be held at the Sphere and Dolan wants his team to be on stage to make a splash at his world real uh, entertainment facility. The concept is ludicrous. More to the point, it has zero. Holy crap! I can't read tonight. Uh, validity. So Larry's coming out and saying that that no, that's it. it just made no, it's not that, that report that Dolan didn't want to trade the first round pick because he wanted to be able to be focused on at his his big venue. He said, yeah, he said the concept is ludicrous. Well, I mean, the concept can be ludicrous, but is that? Oh, mean oh that I got, I get what you're saying. Um, no, yeah, no, he he said there's no there's no validity to it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's good news. Uh, because obviously that is an absurd thing to to do. And you would think that an owner of a team, your primary concern is don't the opposite. Yeah, your primary concern is the one that say you have to go in if it wouldn't be a year to go in. Yeah, yeah. Like I understand that he owns the sphere and and whatnot, but like not that many people even watch the NHL draft to begin with. So it's like, like, oh, I care more about one niche event in the summer. And having like uh, two minutes of fame, you know, in my little venue, I care more about that than potentially winning a Stanley Cup. Like that yeah. would be absolutely. It's not crazy. It's not crazy though. Like um, when GMs uh, teams like want their first round pick when they're hosting the draft. Like that's not a foreign concept, but just to this extent, like when your contenders like this, I, I've never no seen that be- before, and it, and it makes no sense. I mean. They're going to have to use it or it's probably going to be as part of a condition on something uh which start which would be originally a second round pick but um yeah it, it makes zero sense um i get the knicks are doing well but Dolan's not gonna say well the knicks are doing well so I'm, I'm fine with the rangers doing whatever you know i mean i'd assume not maybe i don't know although that's probably why that's probably why uh the rangers were bad in january just the knicks doing well the Knicks doing well. Um, and regarding the, the, the offer to Limo, like they never, he never said what the offer was. And honestly, like nothing gets out of Drury's office. So this had to come from the other side. 
No. Or like, I, I guess this is after it happened. So like, they're not maybe stringent and like that getting out anymore. Well, where did, where did that report come from? That was Darren Drager. That was Darren Drager also after the, after the, uh, spheres. So take it with a giant, uh, hint of salt. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, well, the offer was lit uh, for Linamore. The what they got for him was crazy. So there's no way the Rangers were competing with that, and they shouldn't, because that was. Oh no! Absolutely not. That was absolutely way too much. Do you? Um, did you find where that trade proposal came from? I did the... not. Okay. I did not. I'll. There's no like um, image recognition for like Twitter or anything when you like post it. Cause yeah, like I saw, um, I don't know. You, you want to say what the mock trade was? Yeah. So the trade proposal, what was it? It was. Uh, I mean, Montreal fans are nuts. You, you saw, you saw what they wanted for Monahan. Yeah. So the, 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 it was, it was the proposed trade was what Jake Evans and uh, 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 who was the other Montreal player? Josh Anderson. And Josh Anderson, yeah. It was Jake Evans and Josh Anderson for Capo Caco, Will Cooley, and a first-round pick. Um, oh, and- so when, when he was sending this, he was just sending it as a joke that he saw on, uh, saw on Cap Friendly. Okay, yeah. That's where it came from, yeah. It was Josh Anderson, Jake Evans for Capo Caco, Will Cooley, and a 2024 first-round pick. I wouldn't yeah. trade one of those for two of those guys, let no. alone three. Absolutely not. No, no. What's even Josh Anderson making? Like, well, um, and can he even like play hockey? Uh, not great. I just remember he was like, at a point he looked promising, and then like he went to Montreal and he was just like, dude couldn't even stick handle and stuff. Yeah, Josh Anderson is currently making uh, five and a half million dollars for the next four years. Yeah, I wouldn't take it for a seventh round pick. I, I know. I just wouldn't take the contract in general. Yeah, that's it. That'd be atrocious. And then you want to say Kabukako and Wukuli, and not to mention a first-round pick. Yeah, that's, that is sure. That is great imagination, right there. Yeah, it was. It was uh, pretty adorable stuff, really. I mean, what was it, Monahan? What, what did they say? They said, Bring, "Give us Gabe Perot for Sean Monahan." Like, yeah, yeah, like right. Like, Hard pass. They're like, well, then you don't get him. I'm like, I don't even want him. Okay, <laughs> I, I personally don't even want him. He's yeah, a power play yeah. merchant. I prefer I, not. I'm very okay with that not happening then. And and I like how like fans like act like they're the ones in control. They're like, all right, fine, then you can't get him. I'm like, you're not the GM. <laughs> There's a reason why you're not the GM. Yeah. Yeah. And if you were, yeah. you would realize that there's no one in the league that's even willing to take your phone calls anymore. They're like, yeah, I'm not. Like, I don't have time for pure fiction right now. I, you know, I'm watching Lord of the Rings already. I don't need any more fantasy. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. I would just imagine, like, imagine if fans were the GMs. I would just picture this one fan that actually understands the concept of don't give up on your young players. And then, like, the rest of the 31 other GMs are just, like, bust after two games. So there's, like, one superstar team and, like, everyone else is garbage. Yeah, <laughs> every every other team's like average forty years old players, and like the 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 other teams like average twenty three year olds. 
there'd be like so many uh, mid-season trades where like a star player has like four bad games and gets dealt. <laughs> gets dealt. It's just like, yeah. Just Sturkin's making that team. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, um, if we if we go through throughout the Rangers roster right now, based on this season, who hasn't gone to that point yet, right? So Miko would not. Uh, oh, he would be on the team now. He would uh, be on the team right now. Yeah, it'd be we would be left with like Panarin and uh, Trocheck. Uh, and Trocheck and Cooley, yeah. DC. Yeah, that's about um, it. I think even Fox was getting was getting. Yeah, <laughs> it's basically the New York Rangers at this point. Yeah, yeah, essentially. It's the New York Rangers without um, Trocheck and Panarin. Yeah. Yep. Oh, the, well, the, well, hold on. Also, it'll have Connor McDavid because this was the one year in the beginning. Connor oh, right. Where he was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well. Wow. So, yeah, they have Connor McDavid. Um, Alex Ovechkin's on that team. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm good on that. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, well, put him with Connor McDavid. Yeah, even so. He's cooked. You don't mean we wouldn't attempt to put him with Connor McDavid? Yeah, I'm fine. Who else is... Morgan Frost is making it. Oh, sure. Um, I mean, that Morgan Frost was such a, I mean, now it seems like him and Tortorella are doing fine, but it was so frustrating. Like, we need a center so bad. And they have like this, what, 22, 23 year old that's like doing real well whenever he plays and they just decide not to play him. They're like, well, what the hell? Just, just give him to us. Like, if you don't want to play him, just like, just give him to yeah. us. We'll take him. Yeah. They ain't doing that now, though. That's for sure. Nope. Nope. He, he's playing and he is playing very, very well. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been a fan of him for for a while now, and uh, it's just he's just one of those guys. Like, if you're watching the game, he just stands out to you. Like, wait, who is that guy? It's like, oh yeah, he's playing on a dog shit team and hasn't really been given a consistent opportunity to show who he is. But anytime he is out there, he's like, he looks good. I'm like, so I'm like, what are these, what are these coaches and GMs? What are they looking at? What are they watching? I'm like, can you not see what's in front of you? He didn't hit enough. Yeah, I, it's. The metrics that a lot of teams use for evaluating players, it just it completely boggles my mind. I'm just like, how do you how did you miss on that? How did you not see that? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. What else you got? Um, well, I, I thought you would love this one because I saw it uh what was it like three days ago? I'm trying to find the tweet. Uh three days ago, Elliot Friedman said on Casey Middlestat, if you're not going to pay him, he's not going to be happy. Well, like that's what I don't get. What of course he's not gonna be happy. What does that mean? What type of you know uh and that doesn't mean Casey Middlestad is a bad guy, but what does it mean is that he's going to uh, to look at everybody random and say, well, all these guys got paid and I didn't. Uh, and obviously, if you're not going to pay him, you almost have to move him. I don't get why it says you almost have to move him because you either have him or you don't. There's no middle ground there. But the point is... Well, I mean, I guess he is, a, he is an RFA with arbitration, so you could just... Oh, him. okay, okay, okay. All right, fair enough then. So, so I guess that is the middle ground between those two. So I'll just humor this just because he's one of your favorite players. What would you give up for Casey Middlestat? Oh, God, wow. The whole Rangers team. <laughs> and the New York Rangers starting roster is just one player, Casey Middlestat. Um, I mean, God, fans will hate me for everything. That any, other, any other year, it would have been Filipino, but they're not taking Filipino with, obviously, the chance that he may never play again. You, you want to know my most controversial opinion on this? My, the hottest hot take that I could I could say? Don't say you would trade Panarin. No, 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 no. Okay, no. okay, okay. No, I would I would trade Kreider, though. 
I know people are not going to like that. People like, are you kidding me? You you take the fan, if you take the fans, fan favorite aside, uh, yeah, take the, if you take the fan thing aside, I mean. He's younger. He's going to be younger, cheaper, and. Well, well here's the problem, though. I, I know we're playing this theoretical game, but it's like you do have Mika and Trocek locked up for years. So, like, you're going to pay what? Your 3C or Trocek's going to be your 3C making 5.6 million. Your 2C's playing, making like seven, eight. Yeah. Something along those lines. But Middlestad also plays left wing. He doesn't have to play center. So, you can swap him out one for one for Kreider, is what I'm saying. He's younger and he's way better playmaker than Kreider. Yeah, a majority Kreider, this year he's played. The reason is because he does what Kreider doesn't do, and he drives off that's Like, Kreider is scoring more goals right now at his point in the career, but also, like, and Kreider should hold up fairly well for the next few years, too. But Casey Middlestad is younger. He drives offense. He's a great playmaker, and I think he's somebody that could help jumpstart that first line. These are all crazy hypotheticals that are never going to happen. Chris Kreider is not yeah. waving his Like a thousand people right. are screaming at you right now. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. I said it was going to be the most unpopular thing. You just asked me what is the most I would give up from. I mean, putting the fan favorite, uh, fan uh, favoritism aside, I mean, it, it makes sense. You, you got to do it. <laughs> it's 23 years old, 23 years old. Yes. What he was like, almost a point per game? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Kreider is going to finish his career as a Ranger, but. He's playing with, with an absolutely underperforming, terrible Buffalo Sabres team. He's got 42 points in 51 games this year. Was he the. He, he, that was the thing. I wasn't. Weren't we thinking. Who did we want when. Before Elias Anderson was drafted, who was the player we thought they were going to draft? It was Casey Middlestad, wasn't it? No, it was Petey. No, 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 no. That because they didn't get, they didn't trade down enough. We knew they wanted him, but they weren't able to uh, draft oh, him well enough. In draft instead of him. Oh, I wanted Nick Suzuki. Oh, so maybe it was Nick Suzuki. I remember there was one player like the Capocaco draft. It was Dylan Cousins. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, um, which would have been sweet. What was the left one? I don't That's remember. Imagine. <laughs> yeah, imagine we have uh, 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 Nick Suzuki and uh, Tim Stutzla. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. Well, yeah, but you got to take into account Tim Stutzla is playing on Gerard Gallant third line. <laughs> yeah, also true too. Uh, he's, he's had a not as good a year as I thought he was going to have this year too. Also, he's the biggest diver in the NHL. Oh, that is absolutely true. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's a well I see it at least like twice a week now. Oh, my God. It, it's almost you like you like breathe, and he's like, oh, I'm tripped. Yeah. He's got to cut that shit out. It's a bad look for him. Yeah. That, that's not. Uh, I mean, try that stuff in the playoffs. <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> that that would be. Okay. I, and I mean, like. I think, I think that should be punished. Uh, that's embellishment. By players way more than like honestly i just want to talk about the whole thing the whole uh the whole riley and, and great thing. oh right 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 i don't think he did anything wrong like so what so oh you're mad that he did a hard shot into the empty net like big fucking deal i can't believe there are people that are defending what morgan riley did like you don't cross check somebody to the head because you don't like how they shot into an open net but yeah he stunned on you a little bit but you know you you know you stop that is you don't let him get it like you fucking win the game. 
you're, and you're, it's not even like he like fairly like dr either dropped the gloves with him or was like just a scrum or anything like that or just like punch him no, on the yeah, shoulder or something like that. Did a face wash and that sort of thing. Yeah, that would have that would have been fine. Like you know, like uh, don't like don't let them like get away with that and just like either drop the whatever. It's that that I'm totally fine with, but it's like that was way too far. Yeah, and even like there was an example someone brought up today because people were saying, well, in in the '90s and you know when they were actually like physical hockey that would be okay like there was a example that actually wasn't and they did suspend it for like 20 games yeah yeah no oh, people have you know they'll, they'll say whatever they need to support however they feel about it but i just i don't get it to me i'm like I, first off as a fan i thought it was awesome i thought it was hilarious it's like yeah why not why not you got a wide open net no one's actually just fucking tee off and just blast this thing fucking home i thought it was great it's a great highlight and i'm like it did not require that it's not so disrespectful it's not like it's not like and it know. was in their home ice also. Yeah, I, I, I give I, your home fans a show. Yeah, I I, I I saw zero wrong with it. And I can't believe how many boomery ass takes I've seen of people. Being yeah, I thought Facebook uh, or not Facebook. I thought like whatever it is invaded Twitter. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 ridiculous. Such a stupid stupid thing. Um, I mean, I get if you don't love it like I did. I did actually genuinely love it. I was like, fuck yeah, way to go. I love that. I thought it was funny. Thought it was cool. Uh, I, I you know frankly. Here's my thing is that I think there's a lot of people that want athletes in general to act like robots. Like they don't like it when they have any sort of flair, any pizzazz. And then they wonder why NHL players have like zero personality. Well, you yeah, can't, exactly. you're picking it. You're, you're going back and forth here. Which one do you want? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I like when people's personality shows up. I think the game and games are better, more interesting when there is some friction, when there is some stunning on people. As long as it doesn't cross that line where it gets actually inappropriate and disrespectful, um, you know, that obviously I don't want to see just complete cavalier attitude in general for it. But I think having a slap shot for an empty net in front of it, like there's nothing that there's nothing that should offend you so you much. Want, if you want to start a scrum or something because you don't want to get away with it or uh, yeah, about the gloves, fine. That's you don't fine. back check him in front of like no. No. if you don't want if you want to say I don't want him to get away with that, like you know um fine but back uh cross checking the back of the head no that's that's yeah. a proportionate response yeah would have been a face wash a kind of grab his collar and jerk him around sort of thing that that would be fine but that's that's not what we had so anyway yeah. uh we got anything else um well another thing like on that like i was sh like man like i shouldn't underestimate twitter to this point but yet i did when it came to this with how many people said it they thought it was good oh i thought, I I thought it was okay yeah. But you know what? I, I should really stop being surprised that no matter what, there's always going to be idiots that just have the most rancid take possible. Um, like Montreal had like the most irrational Montreal uh, or Monaghan trade uh, mock trades. And everyone's like, Montreal is just, we said this last time, Montreal's like the most delusional out of all the Canadian fans. Yeah. And the oh, Toronto, yeah. Toronto this week's like, oh, hold on, hold on. Allow us to introduce ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yep. All righty. Um, you got, you got, uh, anything else? Uh, no, I do not. Um, I'm looking forward to Thursday night though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, oh no, I got, I mean, we kind of did address this in the beginning, but like the first few games defensively, they seem to get back to not fully where they are, but the defense seemed to be more structured more how yep. we saw it in the beginning of the year. Then tonight, again, even though they only scored one goal 
that it wasn't an empty netter. The offense really did come up tonight. They looked fast. It was just Markstrom. Oh, they were getting goals. Yeah, absolute was, wall. That was a vintage. I mean, I've always been a big fan of Jacob Markstrom back uh, when he was with Vancouver. I thought, like, man, this guy is great goalie. Um, yeah. And, you know, and he's had a rough year uh, just because, you know, Calgary's not been very good. Uh, but he's a, he's one of those goalies that is capable of just becoming an absolute brick wall out there. And, and, and he was tonight, you know. So, uh, you know, props to him. I was actually glad he got the third star tonight because he definitely deserved it. Great goal, like great, great performance out of him. But, yeah, we, we didn't score one goal for a lack of chances. This wasn't a Rangers, you know, super low danger event game. Like, it was a quality effort that I, I think most goalies in the league that score at the end is, is 4 nothing, 5 nothing. Right. And, and, when people were upset regarding the Chicago, like, yeah, they won, but it didn't feel like a win. It's like, yeah, we tolerate the, the Rangers are always known for, right. They don't play. They play to the intensity of whatever the other team is playing. Right. Like if it's a bad team, they're not playing great. If it's a great team, they're playing to their best that they uh, can. And it's like, we tolerate the, you know, that because they always win versus the good or not always win, but they always come up to play versus the good teams. So, like, we'll tolerate the losses versus the bad teams. Yeah. It's like when people were upset about the Chicago one, I'm like, hang on. They just won versus Colorado and Tampa, right? Like, if this was in January, then I get it. But it's like we, we they show they, they'll win versus good teams. And this is before they get any upgrades. And this is before Shesterkin, uh of tonight and before, hopefully, because Ibanejad gets going. So, I mean, all these three things of offense, goaltending, and defense – have to be consistent but if you want to just go off a checklist of what we finally for the first time see in months or like a month and a half all three boxes were checkmarked in the past couple of games like offense and goaltending tonight defense the past couple of games um and yeah i think that's pretty much it apologies for the lack of announcements every time we do well past two times while well, we did a tuesday release um but Next week is the Winter Classic, right? Yeah. So, yeah, no, Monday morning should be the usual. Uh, just these last two weeks have been a little bit all over the place. But anyway, again, thank you to the listeners, and we will see you next time.